Welcome to the Elijah Rising podcast. Elijah Rising is an organization empowering women recovering from sexual exploitation. This episode is going to help you become more aware about the issue of sex trafficking and inspire you to take action. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Adam, and today I am joined by Dr. Michael W. Stroop. Mike is professor of World Christian Witness and holder of the M.C. Shook Chair of Missions at Baylor University's George W. Truett Theological Seminary, of which I am a proud graduate. And Mike, you're celebrating 20 years this month being a professor at Truett Seminary. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Good to be here. So happy to have you here. And good to be with you, Adam. It's good to be with you, too. We've not seen each other in a very long time. And so you might be wondering to yourself, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, where the heck are they? So <laughs> we are on location. This is our first on-location podcast that we've ever done. David is in a corner over there. We're at some good friend's house. Um, and uh, Jason Berryhill will be our next guest on the next podcast. And so we're knocking out a few podcasts uh in the Dallas-Fort Worth area uh, this this week. So welcome in to this new space, and uh, hopefully this goes really well. Uh, so back to the actual podcast at hand. Today we're going to talk about mission and witness and evangelism and all those things. And so I asked my good friend Mike Stroop and professor, who I think I took somewhere of like 19 hours of my seminary career with you. We've traveled the world together um, and we've we've uh, journeyed through faith together, and so I I couldn't think of anybody better to have this conversation with than Dr. Mike Stroop. Um, so before we dive into that, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit better to the audience? Who are you? Uh, give us a little bit of your uh, of of your background in terms of your global travels and um, and being a professor. Great. Well, well. Um... I grew up in Texas. I grew, hey. up in da- grew up in Dallas, and then uh, my wife and I went overseas when we were very young. Uh, we lived in Sri Lanka, Germany, England, and Hong Kong. This is yeah. the place we had homes, and uh, during uh, 20 years of service, and did everything from church planting to aid and relief. I, mean, I worked in northern Iraq at the yeah. close of the first Gulf War, and then also all kinds of you know, church training and such. But it was really, a, it was a great life. We grew our, yeah. uh, our kids grew up overseas. We raised them overseas. And it was wonderful. Had yeah. to have homes and to travel uh, you, internationally. And you have these little these little sayings that you kind of throw into conversations every now and again. So I'm going to pull a few of them out of you right now. How many countries have you slept in? Uh, Eighty plus, yeah. Eighty plus countries. And where's the most comfortable place in the world for you? You've always said it, where. At home, yeah. Oh, why? Well, you've said in the past that it's on an in an airplane. Oh, well, seat yeah, over yeah. the ocean. <laughs> we've traveled. We've we've done international travel together, and Mike is just like as cozy as he can be in this airline seat in in basic economy coach. <laughs> and I'm like struggling constantly to get comfortable. Well, I'm not. I'm not your size. That's true. I guess yeah. there is that factor. I'm the tra- I'm the travelable size. That's yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, but yeah, a great life, and uh, yeah. Uh, my children uh, went to school all over the world, yeah. and we've traveled, done vacations, and then just just seen a lot of different people. And mm-hmm. I think uh, the, the great thing about it was uh, just the the rub of culture. I, I enjoy yeah. that so much, and yeah. just different kinds of people, and meeting people, and uh, and you know, trying to fit into different cultures and learn languages, and so yeah. all that was just 
great, yeah. great fun. And then you ended up at Truett Seminary. Yeah, we came, we came back from overseas, and then I, ha- I have a PhD. Yeah. And so someone with that kind of experience and a PhD yeah. uh, made me somewhat hireable. So, yeah, yeah. So, so I joined the faculty at Truett 20 years ago. And, yeah. uh, and I thought maybe I'd be there three to five years, but now it's, it's been 20. And it's been great. I think in many ways, all that was preparation for what I do now. Yeah. And I, and I love what I do. I love being in the classroom. I love being with you know, 20 and 30-something-year-olds and, and the kind of conversations we have. It just it pushes me yeah. to think and to, and to really think through my faith as well as what does it mean to be in the world and to right. encounter the world and to give witness to Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and as a beneficiary of you kind of working that out for yourself, uh, you help others like myself to do the same, the very same thing. And so I just appreciate that. Um, yeah. So let's let's kind of dive into the conversation that we're here for uh, on the podcast. Uh, Elijah Rising has, you know, we're about to celebrate 10 years of being a nonprofit. In fact, we've been doing this work for over 10 years at this point. Um, and there's been kind of this undercurrent of a wrestle a challenge of what it means to be to be missional, um, and some some people might use the language of like being missionaries because uh, we're faith based nonprofit, of course. Um, but at the same time, we don't you know explicitly articulate you know the gospel that some traditions would you know maybe require of 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 missions organizations you you know if we want to use that kind of language uh but we do constantly serve people i mean we're constantly you know we do weekly outreach and intervention um into the places where people are being trafficked um and so because of that we kind of get these questions of like well you know how are you how are you being missional how are you operating as a missions organization and I think, too, part of that is because sometimes we're seen as auxiliary to the church. Like, we do the missions work, you know, and the church does the proclamation, and we do the missions or something like that. So I kind of just want to hear your thoughts on that perspective. Um, you've obviously written about this. There's a book out there that people can find. Uh, but on those terms, like, what is, it, what is mission? What is missionary? What is missional? What do you think? Well, and that's been a journey I've been on, just trying to, to, to sort that out myself. Of course, yeah. I was... A missionary, a and I did. Missionary, and yeah. I did missions, yeah. uh, and really, um, I mean, it, it it became problematic for me in mm. several respects. One, now, why do we compartmentalize that these are the people that do missions and these are the people that do church? Yeah, right. And these are the lay people and these are professional people. Right. And I think uh, my my perspective has become more of that we are kingdom people. Mm. Period. Mm. And 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 Adam, I I like the language of kingdom of God much more than mission. Interesting. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, our God owns all of this. Yeah. And He's not just He's not just concerned about your soul right. or about you no know, your heart. He's concerned about your head, your body, your whole person. He's concerned about the trees and about the rivers, the mountains. It's all His. Yeah. Yeah. And so His concerns are not just you no know, to take my soul and, and to to save it for heaven, he wants to redeem all of this. Right. And so I think I think our, our understanding of the gospel and understanding of who God is can get kind of small. Yeah. Whereas he is the creator, mm. it's all his, and so he's active in all of it. And so to say, well, this is this is this and this is that, to try to to build little silos that yeah. don't don't communicate with each other is really not helpful. Yeah. And then also, I look at Scripture, I, I don't find the word mission in the Bible. Nowhere, huh? Nowhere. <laughs> uh, we, we, we have this verb, sin, but then that's like, you no, know, yeah. 
sending here, sending there, traveling, yeah. But it's but the the verb I want to pick up on is to love mm. and God's covenant and God's purposes that includes the whole of creation and all peoples. And so I think what we do when we try to build these silos of here's evangelism, right. here's discipleship, here's worship, I think we're really we're really uh, narrowing the sense of what the mm-hmm. gospel is and what is possible in terms of our lives. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I want to be about witness. I want to be about uh, even going cross-culturally, but I want to be about God. Yeah. more than My calling is not to mission. My calling is to Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. And if I will hear him and obey him, he may have me at some Starbucks help someone that's there. And to me, that's as much a part of me living in the world yeah. and giving witness to who God is in that moment. Yeah. And so, so, so rather than narrowing down to this kind of narrow definition, well, this is missions or this is evangelism, this is church life, I want to say it's all His. Yeah. And therefore, we want to be open and available to all of it. Right, yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. I wonder, where do you think that concept comes from, though? Like, where do we get that idea of, like, we have to be on mission? Or, or you know, there is this there is this siloing. There is this, like, well, there's the career missionary. Yeah. There's the Mike Stroops of the world who go and they do. But, you know, we stay here and we do this. Or, you know, we we, we are in this silo. Uh, where, like, where does that come from? Well, I think it comes from several things. One is, I think, Modernity has taught mm. us to specialize. Yeah. And so you have doctors, you have dentists, you have chaplains, you have pastors, you have missionaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you have the specialists, those who mish and everybody else pays for it or, <laughs> right. or whatever. Right. And so that that's that's one thing. And then I think another is that we we tend to um, um, uh, limit ourselves in terms of maybe what we're trained to do rather than what is in front of us. Mm. And so I say, well, I can only do this because that's my profession or my job, when quite possibly God's Spirit wants to do things that we never imagined. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a matter of limiting God yeah. and our own faith and who God is and what He might do. Yeah. Well. So, no, no, that's what the missionaries do. I cannot, how many times have I heard that? I know, it's, it's common. I, I yeah. can never do what you do. Right, right, right. <laughs> when, to me, that's limiting. And that's, yeah. and that's kind of saying, um, God is only able to do this and not that. Yeah. So, so I think we fall back on that, and in a sense, it, we 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 tend to uh, to lean on that rather than lean on God. That mm-hmm. we are only this. I'm I'm only a layperson, or right. I'm only an engineer. I'm only this. No, you are you are a kingdom person. Yeah. And who is your God? And what is He doing in time and history? And, and quite possibly. Uh, he could do things you could never imagine. Sure. And to me, that's the life of faith, yeah. is that we, we open up the possibilities. We don't narrow them down to what everybody else around us has defined us to be or maybe what we define ourselves to be. Yeah, that's the deal. Some of the, some of the perspectives we've bought into, you know, for whatever reason. Um, you know, a second ago, you, you kind of mentioned a hypothetical scenario of like, well, maybe I'm in a Starbucks and I see somebody and I want to help them. And then you're, you kind of also said like the verb you want to attach to is the verb love. And so all that kind of makes me think like it's really it's less about like the vocational missional type of thing and more like let's just love our neighbors. Oh, which <laughs> I think someone said that. I think someone they? said that <laughs> exactly. And so, but I wonder like, and, and I'm with you 100. percent And I think that's our posture and our perspective too. Like I just want to love the human being that's in front of me because of well they're a human being right? right. And and so and we inhabit the same earth, so I'm the we're neighbors right. 
But what about evangelism though? Yeah. Right. And so like, so, you know, some might argue and, and I've heard people, people have had this conversation with me. I'll personalize it that we are a social services organization and that, that it's, that, that becomes problematic if we're not specifically articulating like a sin to salvation evangelism type of approach. Yeah. Right. And that if, if we're not doing that, then we're not actually living up to, I don't know, maybe you might even say a call or even some might say, you know, the argument that you've just made, like this is all God's world, but you know, we're the ones who have to be declaring, you know, to people like repent. Yeah. So if we're not do, if that's not like the deal, if it's more like, let's just love the neighbor in front of us in whatever way they need to be loved. Right. So where does that leave us on this conversation of evangelism and what, what does it mean? I guess, for you, from your perspective, what does it mean to share the gospel? Yeah. I think is what I'm trying to get out. <laughs> yeah, well, and the, there's two two analogies that come to mind. One, one is a, a long chain, hmm. and so I'm I'm not the whole chain. I'm one link in that chain. Yeah, yeah. And so I need to enter in at the point at which I can be a part of that person's life. If they're not ready to hear a verbal, they can't because they're hungry mm. or they're or they're trapped yeah, or they're or yeah, they're yeah. hurting. Yeah. Then I need to enter in at that point, not yeah. at this point, yeah. and and to trust that this whole chain is God's chain. Right. And so I step in where I can step in, and it mm. could be that someone's asking an existential question about life and about meaning, and boy, I can speak right into that chain. Yeah. Or someone's sitting there and their own suffering, then I need to step in at that. I, yeah. I think we, and it's a part of the, the the former question. I think we need to be we need to be um, multi. Uh, available to God and his spirit to wherever we need to step in. If it's a yeah. Starbucks and someone's sitting there and needs yeah. help, I help them. That's where I step in. That's my link in the chain. Multi-availability. Multi- I love it. Yeah. I love it. And then it could be that I'm sitting there and, and they're fine or, or, or we have this conversation and my, my friend passes them off in terms of a friendship or whatever, mm-hmm. and then I'm able to maybe speak into that life. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think we we have to see ourselves as the whole chain. We're one link, and I think it's kind of kind of arrogant to think mm. that we got to deliver the whole ball yeah. at one time when maybe we play a part mm. in God's purposes, not my purposes, or really even that person's purpose. Yeah. So we we fill the slot as God's Spirit leads us, which Adam I would say has to be proclamation. Mm. Okay. Which has to be helping the person in need. It has to be rescuing those that are captive. Yeah. It has to be all of that because these, these are whole persons. This, this is not just a part of a person, their, right. their soul or whatever, right. but they're a whole person. Yeah. And so I think it's a matter of asking the Spirit, Lord, what, what do you want to do in this situation? Yeah. And the Spirit may say, shut up, Mike, and hug that person. Don't say a word. Mm. Or it could be, Mike, Speak clearly your faith. Make a confession. Mm. But to program it to say, I've always got to make a gospel presentation or I've got to always right. speak the gospel, right. I think is, is not relying on the Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. What, I think what I hear you saying is like there's a lot of reliance upon some like flexibility and just adaptability to the person in the situation that's in front of you. Well, there's adaptability, but there's also the guidance of the Holy Spirit right. in our lives. And then a reliance upon like, okay, what is the Spirit doing here and now and in this moment? Yeah. And being willing to, 
maybe go outside of the the like conditioned box of what it means to witness or what it means to to evangelize and just say, okay, like, do you have shoes on? Do you need shoes? <laughs> right? Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, and the hard part. That I think, yeah, the hardest part is that. We had these expectations on us. We feel we we put on ourselves, or other people put them on us, and therefore we're trying to respond to their expectations and not to the Spirit. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Oh yes, I do. I know you do. <laughs> and so to be led by the Spirit, I think, yeah. is to open the door for the Spirit to do only what the Spirit does. We don't convert anybody. The Spirit converts and change and transforms lives. That's right. And boy, if we get in the middle of that, then we can really mess something up badly. Yeah, yeah. We can scoot someone farther away from God or misspeak. Yeah. And oh, if we're not listening to the Spirit and the Spirit's not guiding us, then we're not opening the door for the Spirit to step into there Mm -hmm. and to really do what only He can do. He's the witness, not us. Well said. Right? I want to take a pause in the podcast right there because uh, that is a great segue into the next section that I want to talk about. And so we're going to come back and we're going to talk about um, preventing the savior (laughs) complex, right? We are not the witness. The Holy Spirit is the witness. So I want to come back in the podcast and kind of pick this conversation up where uh, we're going to leave it off here for about 30 seconds. See you on the other side. Take a second and think about how many subscription services you have. Netflix, Hulu, Spotify, If you're like me, you have more than you actually use. That money just disappears out of your bank account, or maybe you don't even use the product anymore. So why not donate that same amount of money to Elijah Rising and know that every dollar you spend directly serves those who are overcoming sex trafficking. We invite you to join The Rise. The Rise is a dedicated community of recurring donors who give strategically to fund the work of ending sex trafficking. Join our community of more than 200 members who have decided to rise up. $10 a month can provide services for women seeking to exit exploitation. $40 a month can provide job training and employment for an overcomer of trafficking. Donate online via credit card, debit, ACH, or Apple and Google Pay at ElijahRising.org slash rise. Hey, welcome back. So Mike, you have lived all over the world, you've worked all over the place, and you have seen, I can only imagine, countless very well-meaning, good-hearted folks who are going to places for maybe a week at a time, maybe a month, maybe maybe two or three years at a time. Well-meaning people who see themselves as missionaries. And so what has your experience with the savior mentality or, you know, some people even use the term like savior complex. Like what have you seen? What is that? Um, and how would you, how would you define it? Yeah. Well, you could define it in a very sinister way where, okay. <laughs> where people say, oh, I'm out to save the world or you yeah. know, I'm, I'm the best thing to happen to people or whatever. But I don't think it's really, I mean, yeah. sinister is not really our problem. Our problem is the subtle. Yeah. That I'm needed. And and a lot of what I responded to going overseas was people talked to me about need. And mm. I felt like if I didn't go, that the world was undone and, and the world needed me. Yeah. And that's I mean that comes from a good place, but yet I think in many ways a wrong place. Yeah. I think we 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 have to say that God doesn't need us. 
Mm. He's God. He's all-powerful. He created all this. He will bring all this to conclusion. And so uh, a saver complex is when I think that I'm needed because I'm very special or I'm very gifted or I'm needed because God is needy. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And God has to have me when he doesn't. I, I see all this, Adam, as a gracious invitation mm-hmm. to participate in who God is and what God's doing. Yeah, It's a gracious invitation. It's not a command that I have to or that I must, but I get to yeah. participate. Yeah. And so a saver complex is just the opposite of that, that, mm-hmm. that I must and I, I, I have to or God's in trouble. Mm. And when he's not in trouble, he's God. And yeah, there's a lot of people in trouble and they need the benefit of my witness and of my love and my care. And I should be concerned about that. But as far as God and his purposes, his kingdom, it's coming and it's going to come. And therefore, uh, I don't bring the kingdom with me. Uh, and there's, of course, I'm only one person. I can't go all over the world. Right. And you think about all the places in the world, uh, where uh, either there's little mission effort or poor mission effort. And we have to say that God better be in charge of this. Yeah. He better be about something or, or this is all in trouble. Yeah. Well, and also, I think there's also one of the subtleties that exists there in this conversation too is like, well, maybe God doesn't exist in that place yet until I get there. Or like maybe he's not working in that place until I get there. Yeah. Like sometimes, you know, people will will say to me, like, wow, like I can't believe you go into those like terrible places of, you know, Houston or whatever to do anti-trafficking work. It's like, man, what, you know, uh, somebody recently used the phrase, you know, such a godless place in our city. And it just struck me because it's like, well, I kind of think God is already work, working there. Like if, if I buy into the idea that like if I'm not there, God's not there. Right. That's going to fuel this thing too, right? Like it, that's that subtlety that's problematic. Well, if it, it fuels our ego and and yeah. and our our place in all this and our and the reliance upon us to make something happen. Yeah. When when in my theology tells me God is at work all over the world yeah. in places I never imagined in ways that I I may not even recognize. Sure. And so the invitation is that I join him there. Yes, I'm a participant. Yes, I'm a part of that. But it's his gracious invitation, and um, it's more than just me affecting that place. It's yeah. affecting me. Yeah. It's changing me. Right. My definition of witness is not just that I'm speaking a witness, but I'm receiving a witness. Right. So it's, 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 it's beholding and it's telling. Right, and so I, I go. I, I love to go to these places to see what God's up to. Yeah, and to discover that He's already there. He's already at work. And and to and to learn from that and yeah. to see what God's doing and how that enriches my life, my understanding of God's bigness and God's purposes, and so it's it's something we should look toward. It's not a it's not an obligation, not a duty. It's something that God graciously invites us into. Yeah, and to oh to say yes and to be part of that really changes who we are and our yeah. view of the world and our view of God. How have you seen if if you can think of a time? I mean, uh, how have you seen? that those subtle kind of savior mentality things um, really harm not the people that we go to, but the people that are going. Like, like how, how have you seen, I don't want you to tell me like some terrible downfall story of like, yeah. you know, some missionary who had some lapse. You know, that's not really what I'm getting at. But like, how, how does that negatively impact the people who are the good meaning, well, you know, well-meaning folks? Well, I think it blinds us. 
Mm. Say more. What do you mean by that? Well, it, it, all we can see is ourselves mm. and our role. And uh, it blinds us to who God is and what God's yeah. already doing. Yeah. I mean, there's been times, Adam, I've stepped into situations that looked hopeless or I look, looked you know, mm. just terrible. I say, God, what are you doing here? Mm. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, what could you do here? And, uh, and so that, that's kind of a plea to say, open my eyes that I might see. Yeah. And so I think uh, the posture is that he is at work. We believe he's at work, and therefore we go and we ask him, let me see you and what you're doing in this situation, that I might join you and be a part of yeah. what you're doing to redeem life. Now, as, as far as, no, <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, people that go and they're too busy, or they're, mm. or they're having to work, 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 and think they, they've got to do something feverishly, or, or people mm. that think that in one week they've got to save a whole village. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> to me, that's, I think we need to move in quietly, and we need to move in attentively, and we need to move in prayerfully and say, God, what are you doing here? Yeah. And what do you want me to see? And to realize that my conversion in that situation is much as, I mean, as important as the conversion of those that I'm right. sitting there. I think... I mean, it's, and you've heard me say this, that really this is about people being transformed by people who are being, being transformed. transformed. Yeah. And so it's about as much about my transformation as someone else's transformation. Yeah, and maybe that's like the critical thing right there. It's like we have to understand that like the work of conversion is not something that I do to another person, but it's actually something that all people should experience no matter, maybe even no matter their faith background. It's like, yeah. shouldn't we all be evolving into some better version of ourselves? Like, shouldn't we all be converting into some healthier more loving more recognizable version of who what the image of god is in us well right? and, and paul says that, that that we're really being transformed yeah. into the image of the son and that's not just a one time one prayer thing it's a life that's our whole life that yeah. we're being transformed into the image of the son so when they look at our countenance our right. faith they're right. seeing the son of god right well that's not done overnight yeah that's done as the spirit works in us right and i think you know, traveling to to wherever, to Zambia or where Zambia, Zambia yeah. uh, is about our transformation, yeah. our salvation. And yeah, we do give witness and we pray that God does t- touch lives, but that's the work of the Spirit. Right, it's not our job. My, my job is to be available and to say, God, what do you want to do here in right. Mike's life? Right. Yeah, because I guess the reality too is like no matter who's standing in front of us, God is already there. God is already working. There is some measure of conversion, you know, whether or not they know the name of Jesus yet or not, or, you know, whatever, all those factors are, you know, perhaps even secondary in that moment. The point is we love them. We love them well. And we love them well. Maybe we open up our home to them. Maybe we have a meal with them. And and, and should the motivation be changing them into somebody different? Or is the motivation to just like, to just love them well? I think think to to be... To be another human being, yeah. and to be a friend, and to love them well. Yeah. Um, I mean, my conviction is that people that don't know Christ may be because they haven't gotten close enough to a Christian to see Christ, especially in the Islamic world. Hmm. Uh, I mean, we're so afraid, or we're so distant, or we're so uh, oriented toward our own religious position that we need to get close enough that they see that this is flesh and blood. Yeah. And these are people that have been transformed by the power of God 
And that's what changes life. Not not so much what we say in our doctrine or, uh, or yeah, what right. we... Our theological to, arguments. Our, our arguments yeah. is that they see that here is an authentic life that God has touched. Yeah. And oh, I need that so much. Yeah. I, I, need, I need that kind of wholeness in my own life, my own marriage, my own existence. And so I... I th- I mean, yeah, it is about speaking the name of Jesus and about giving a witness to the gospel. But many times, long before that, they need mm-hmm. they need to behold yeah. the change in the life. Well, they can't do that unless they're right up in our face and they see our weaknesses yeah. and they hear us praying and they and they understand that we're just another man like them, yeah. except we've had something happen to us that has revolutionized our lives. Yeah. And they ask the question then. What is it? What is it? Yeah. But there has to be a measure of relationship before you get oh, to that point. And there has to be a lot of tea drunk yeah. and a lot of miles walked. Yeah. And, uh, and not, not so we have a hook so we can grab somebody. Right. It's not manipulation. No. It's, it's stepping into a relationship. Therefore, to say, I love the world. No. Mm. I love Mehmet or I love mm. Prabodhana. I mean, it's that person that God has placed in front of me. That's yeah. a spirit has intersected our lives. And so what does it mean to love well, to love deeply, to share life together, uh, to have a table where we're doing meals together, Mm. to sit with children and with families and to share life? And in the midst of that, I'm not going to make any bones about who I am. I'm a a Christ follower. Mm -hmm. And I have a home. His name is Jesus. Mm And they're going to know that. They're going to even assume that mm-hmm. because I'm an American, and because you know, yeah, I, there's a yeah. whole other conversation there. Yeah. yeah, right, right. So the hard part is not that. The hard part is loving well yeah. and long and deep, and and going the distance with people so that they really get up so close that they yeah. can actually see. This is what the Christ life looks like. Yeah. That takes a lot of vulnerability and risk. Oh, terrible risk. Yeah. Yeah. Sacrificial risk. risk. You know, <laughs> you know martyrdom, you know, that's the word we get witness from, is, it's not right. so much about you know, being burned at the stake or, or being pelted with rocks. It's about opening our lives up and allowing people to step in and maybe even take advantage of us, mm-hmm. take advantage of our hospitality mm-hmm. and to really suffer with our love. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, to be a martyr is really easy. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're dead and you're with Jesus. I guess so, yeah. That, <laughs> but, but loving long is hard. That's the hard, yeah. And others, you know, you think of Galatians 5 and the fruit of the Spirit. There's this, one of those, you know, uh, terms that's in there is this idea of long suffering, which has always caught me up. You know what I mean? It's like, who wants to do that? Why would we do that? But that's really what you're talking about. It's like, uh, it's like putting yourself in a situation to where you, that person sees you, knows you, a relationship is built. And there's a long suffering there. And so my, I get, and the next question I want to ask is like, what's that motivated by? Because I think that if we huh. put ourselves into those situations to where like our motivation is, well, by the end of this relationship, <laughs> I want this person to be converted to Christianity and maybe some American you know, version of Christianity, then that's not truly authentic, is it? I mean, it, like huh. that, that really undercuts the authenticity. So like, what is it motivated by? What's the, what's the, what's the underlying motivation to do that long suffering, invest that time, have our hospitality taken advantage of perhaps? Why would we do that? Well, one, we do it because that's why God has selected us. Hmm. That's why God has called us out of the world that we might be his people in the world. That's a big theological long discussion. Yeah. 
But maybe I do it because I need that person. Mm. It's I, not about their need, it's about your need. Well, uh, yeah, because uh, I need another human being in my life, and I need, I need to be stretched in my own understanding of what friendship is and right. what life is. And therefore, I mm. step into the relationship with Mehmet, and we, we travel together. And by knowing Mehmet and the questions he's going to ask are going to changed. Re- I, I'm changed. And so that, if you want to talk about a selfish motive, that, that's a selfish motive, but I think a right motive. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a godly motive. Well, it's the conversion thing. It kind of comes back around to transforming people, transforming people. Yeah. And it's, it's, the, it's the conversion that happens within us. Yeah. And Adam, I, and I kind of live in those relationships with this thought in mind. I had to respect the integrity of disbelief. Hmm. Wow. He didn't have to become a Christian. He doesn't have to become like me. I have to respect the integrity of disbelief, that he needs to disbelieve. I have to say that, or or I'm violating free will, I'm violating the the gospel's work, and I'm really violating that person. That's right. And so I have to say, hands off. Yeah. I have to respect the fact that he can say no. Yeah. And Otherwise, it's transactional. Otherwise, it's a transactional relationship. It's transactional, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do this for you, so you'll do this for me. Right. That's power over people. And so I need to, I need to let go and, and, and take the power mitts off and say, yeah. this is God's, it's his work. What's my need? My need is another human being in my life that will push me in my faith yeah. to understand what, it really, what I really believe about Jesus and about life and about, yeah. about, about love and about service. And uh, so that, to me, I, other people may... Uh, be motivated different, but that's what motivates me. Yeah, no, it's good. That's good. I, I was, we planned the next question to be, um, <laughs> how do we avoid falling into the <laughs> trap of the savior mentality? Well, I, I think we always I, see ourselves sinners saved by grace hmm. continually. Uh, uh, I'm sinner and justified all the time. And therefore I'm, I'm a sinner. And, and uh, I, will, I will fall into the trap of pride. I will fall into the trap of wanting to control somebody. And so I have to always check myself and say, yeah. Mike, yeah. what's your motivation here? And I think that's how we, we, we remember that my calling card is always sinner saved by grace. Yeah, yeah. And not, not Savior, not perfect, not uh, on top of the world, yeah. but always in need of God's grace, his mercy, and his love. Yeah. And I think that's, how, that's one way we keep from falling into that trap. Yeah. It takes a lot of humility. And it probably takes a, a number of good relationships around you to be able to say, just because I, I, I know your wife, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure there are times where Kay is like, hey, stop it. Calm down. No, never. Never. No, never. <laughs> yeah. you know, you, but you need those relationships that can kind of cut against that and say, hey, maybe that's prideful. Maybe that's too far. Yeah. Maybe that and, and we, we need those friends in our lives and those, yeah. those fellow travelers to remind us yeah. and to, uh, and to uh, ask the questions of us. Yeah. Ask the hard questions. Yeah. Ask the hard questions. So let's look into the future. Um, what does the future of Global Witness look like? Where and how will the work of the Christian tradition be most impactful as you see it on the horizon? Well, and a lot, a lot of people are saying this these days, that really we, we thought of the gospel trafficking from the West mm-hmm. to the rest, mm-hmm. and that day's over. That day's over. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what fed the whole Savior complex is that yeah. we've got to go because the rest of the world, well, right now it's trafficking 
in both directions, but probably more so from the south yeah. to the north. Yeah. And so, yeah. The what, do you, what do you mean by that? Same well, word. I mean, well, the places of where we thought were... The were, godless places? Yeah, the heathendom. Yeah. Now are, are the places where the gospel's thriving. Maybe they're looking at us and saying the same thing about, you know, uh, us now, the godless. We're Now we're the heathendom, perhaps? Well, and yeah. Yeah. And, and they're they're wondering uh, about the West. Can we be saved? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I think it's going to traffic our direction. Yeah. And where uh, people from Africa and Asia and the Middle East yeah. are going to be working among us, giving witness to people yeah. that may have a form of religion and have a tradition and even have a heritage, mm. but they're not living in the way of Jesus. They're mm. reli- they're living these religions, mm. and it's more of a culture, a tradition, more civil religion. And so I think the future is uh, a way of Jesus that maybe will offend some of us in terms yeah. of it, that it's very much about the Spirit, it's about the Spirit's activity, yeah. and it's about um, a lived theology rather than maybe a head theology mm-hmm. and a faith that's had, having to intersect with life. We need the rest of the world. I mean, these are people that are have lived on the margin, people that are uh, living as minorities in in other parts of the world, and therefore they're witness to us. We need to hear, and we yeah. need to, in some ways, um, learn from it, and and in some ways um, uh, make them our teachers to where we're we're learning from them and about how what it means to suffer, what it means to give witness in hard situations, and what does it mean to live on the margins of yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah, and I just think, just to kind of tie that together with our work for the audience, like that is how we need to see our work with those who are being commercially sexually exploited. It's like they, like God's there. God's doing that. God is already with these people. God is present with them. He is protecting them. He is loving them. He is serving them. And we, it's not that we go to do the saving. Right. And, and oftentimes, and in our experience, some of those that we serve offer a greater witness than we could yeah. ever even imagine. You know what I mean? And so it's just, I think it's just so important for us to hear that, like, they are sacred people. Thank you, Ashley, who's sitting in the corner over there. She made this point earlier. They are sacred people who have, uh, who, who are made in the image of God just like us. And they have a witness to share as well. Um, that can teach us all. That can teach you. That can teach me. It's not that I'm like this end all be all savior of their situation, you know, but yeah. we go into these places and we serve these people because they just, they're human, they're our neighbors and they deserve to be loved well. Um, well and that's the point. Yeah. And yeah. And the point is that we're all carriers of mm. this gospel. Yeah. And therefore, what we've received, uh, we're going to speak and we're going to live out yeah. as we move around the world. And so, it's not a matter that there's these sacred people and that they're they're the ones who carry it and mm. them alone, but there's carriers all over. Right, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. maybe in the most unlikely places. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to thank you for your time. Um, and so I just want to say, is there anything I've missed? Any other questions you think we should have addressed or asked or, um, you know, any, any other concluding thoughts you have? Yeah. No, I, th- I think we covered it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. How can people support your work? Well, well, I would say um, no, I'm in the midst of writing a book that I think is very important to me, and I think to pray just that mm. uh, this would be more than just I mean, repeating what other people are saying, but there would be something that's said in terms of 
the practices that we need to have in our lives so that there's an integration in our hearts, our lives, yeah. to where as, as we live in this world, we're, we're not fragmented people, but we're yeah. whole people. And so I'm trying very hard to, to finish this book. I've been at it for about a year and a half. Uh, just what does that mean yeah. in, in very practical ways? What are the, what are the practices that we need to be about mm-hmm. that will make us into witnesses that speak clearly of who we are yeah. and the world might hear. So yeah, I was... My, Do you have a my, title yet? Uh, Will the publisher let you say that? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, no, I've got three titles, in it, but yet I haven't... Yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. But, but Pilgrim will be in the title. Of course uh, it will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's, to me, is a theme that we are... Yeah. We're in via, we're on the way with other people... And therefore, we're to pilgrim through this life and live certain ways that as we do that, then we give witness who Christ is. And not just in the church building, and not just in what we call sacred spaces, mm-hmm. but in the world. Yeah. And I think that's more and more the, the way that we'll have to live this faith out is in yeah. the world, on the road with other people. Yeah. Mike, thank you for your time. Thank you, Adam. Thank so you. good to be with you. It's good to be with you too. Thanks for the years of investing in my life and now uh, doing it for our Elijah Rising audience as well. And so um, thanks for being with me today and having this conversation. Yeah, blessings on your friend. Appreciate you very much. You as well. Thank you for joining us today for this episode. If you were inspired by this content today, please share, rate, and leave a review. Also, please consider making a donation at elijahrising.org slash donate. Your support helps us continue the vital mission to combat sex trafficking. Until next time.